Alicia asks, and hello, Alicia from Perth. I know who you are. Has anyone had any experience revamping their share portfolio from when they started? When I got started, I bought some thematic ETFs guided by some of the ETFs that that friends who encouraged me to learn more about the market and investing were holding. So there's a whole statement there, isn't there? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, do this because I said it's good and you'll learn anyway. Now I'm much further down the track and have a much better understanding. I would ideally like to get rid of some of those thematic ETFs and a couple of single stocks and take a much simpler approach. I currently hold 10 different things. And everyone, like this is common. A lot of you are collecting ETFs like they're going out of fashion, which is awesome because you're engaged, you're learning. But she would like to basically review it and maybe just look at holding, you know, VTS, VAU and VAS, which she's already got a bundle of. Uh, Is there anything I need to be aware of as I sell the single stocks slash thematic ETFs and buy other ones? That's a mouthful there and thanks everyone for putting up with me reading that. So Sim, whether you answer this question directly or talk conceptually about this stuff, like what would you say to somebody who might ask you? I think you just almost find that the easier or simpler it is, the more likely you're going to stick to it mm. or get engaged. And I think if I was in Alicia's shoes, I would ask myself, do I need to sell off these ETFs or do I just stop spreading the next round of money that I have across all of them and just focus on investing in the few that I have coming up because I think there's so many or there's so many triggers that happen once you sell off your your shares and I just wondered if that was something you wanted to chat about. Yeah, so do you have any motherhood comments, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I was Alicia and <laughs> for a long and time. I was glad until I got cancelled then. Yeah. <laughs> like at the start of investing and We spoke on this uh, on another episode where you're so overwhelmed by all your options. So when you start, you think, okay, I need to be diversified. That means investing in 20, 30 ETFs because that's what diversification means. I guess how I simplified my portfolio was doing exactly what Sim said and just starting to allocate my money to the ETFs that were at that point then aligned with my values, what I wanted, my goals, what actually created a more diversified portfolio and then kind of developed it from there. Do you think there's a fear or like a misconception that if you simplify it, you don't look like you know what you're doing? 100%. I think so. I think like often in finance, because there are so many nuances when it comes to money, and I think when you're in that world, it's even more so where you feel like if you don't explain or understand every single nuance of every single part of finance, then you don't know what you're doing. But actually there's like those foundational rules or those just like levels of thinking that still cover what you need to know to have a diversified portfolio. Mm. Yeah, I think I was just thinking kind of not out loud, the other normal way of thinking. Like <laughs> in your head. In my head. <laughs> So seeing what you said, like the first option would be to deplete the percentage weighting Mm -hmm. by adding new money to what you want to do, go forward. And you've mentioned three holdings there, Alicia, that you you already have and you want to hold. So that's the first option. I reckon the second option could be do the same ordinarily and, you know, and we, we don't time the market, but if you are not adding more to that and have a a view to clean up the portfolio. You know, if you've got some wild thematic and then it takes a bath one day of 20%, well, we might not sell it 
right that day, mm-hmm. uh, we might kind of just go, all right, I'll just keep an eye on it. If it has a good run, yeah, mm. I'll take my losses or go or whatever. Or you might go, okay, I put this much in. If it gets back to the money that I made, might have had some dividends from it, then I'll clear it. So I think that whole timing the market thing, sure, it works. It works not to do it when you are ongoing, I'm buying and holding and all that stuff. But if you are cleaning up your portfolio and it's not urgent, the house is on fire, you might decide to do that. Yeah. But in concert with, depending on the holdings and the amount of gains that you have on some of those, like one of your direct shares, Alicia, you might have had a banging time of it and you know made printed money and all that stuff. There's the tax consideration. Mm. So you might in June next year, because our financial year, year in Australia is uh, July to June, mm-hmm. to January, December, aren't you, calendar year? No. No? April to March. Oh, April to March. Mm. That's our FBT year here, I think. Um, anyway, either way, before the end of the financial year, you might run your eyes over it and go, okay, yeah, I'm doing some housekeeping. This is at a bit of a loss and I just want to clear up. I'll do it now. I'll take the loss this financial year or... This has had a banger of a gain. My income has been really high this year because I've worked heaps of overtime and I've done side hustles the next financial year. I'm not going to be doing the side hustle. So you might wait till July to clean that up. So I think you just got to look at your overarching situation and just go back to that strategy first. It's like, okay, I've got this portfolio. Ideally, I want to end up with three stocks. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get there over the next... 12 months, two years, whatever that is. Mm, can be gradual. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I also think there's the consideration of do you have the mental space to do all of that because I remember being in a similar situation where I looked at my portfolio and I thought should I clean this up and I realized if I you know get rid of some shares I'm going to have to deal with the tax implications I'm going to talk to my account I'm going to have to talk to my accountant about it I'm going to have to deal with like looking to make sure that like you're putting in more time and energy and you basically have to ask yourself do I have that or is it okay to leave things for now and I think Mm. you just you know, you've also just got to consider what the benefits are of, of letting things go. I think there's a fear of selling off your shares and I think that comes from, you know, we get taught if you listen to many podcasts or jump online or even talk to investors in general, they'll be like, buy and hold, don't mm. sell your shares, hold on until 20 years, it might come back up. Do you think that stops people from getting rid of things that they just need to cut their losses with? Potentially, yes, because I have seen that come up before. But I think it's buy and hold for the long term, mm. aka I put money in my investment portfolio. That doesn't mean we don't rebalance, mm. does it? Like it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't find, you know, we might have a, a single diversified ETF and then you might decide, oh, I'm, in, I'm interested in lithium or something like that. I'll buy a lithium ETF 
and then it, just to you know the whole Morgan Housel thing, do a small percentage to keep you involved. You might have a run it's like, oh, that ETF had a really good run. It did twenty percent. I'm just going to take my losses now. Like, I'm probably okay with that. But on balance, our portfolio, we do want to keep that money invested. And in the um, you know in the financial planning world, they call it like new money. Mm-hmm. So new money we put into the market, and we keep that money invested in the portfolio. So it's almost like this idea of buy and hold doesn't mean keep that money in a specific share or fund and don't move it. It just means keep that money invested, but you can move around within the pool. Yeah, and and that you know goes to stage two of this question: What is your portfolio composition? Mm. Because you could go to like a Vanguard diversified high growth fund, which we all know. And if you don't know, Google it. Trust me, you'll have a banger of a time. It's the one-stop shop portfolio. Mm-hmm. So you put money in, it's got diversification to Australian, US, international property. It's got everything. That's probably a buy and hold mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it rebalances, does everything. Mm. But if you're like Alicia and she just wants to keep VTS, VEU and VAS, yeah, yeah, it's the all-world X US. So basically Alicia's got VTS, which is... And this is, I just want to chat to you, Alicia, like the VTS is the all market fund. So like over three and a half thousand listed US companies and that's domiciled in America. So you'll have to do W8, Ben forms, whatever they are each year. So she's got VTS, which is just America. She's got VEU, which is the whole world without America. And she's got VAS, which is top 300 Australian shares. So if you're happy to keep those three in your portfolio, Alicia, what percentages are you having to them? Mm. Because that's what you need to work out. And every quarter you need to set a timer or an alarm or a note to say, I need to look at my portfolio and rebalance it. So, you know, if that's, if the Australian market has a real big run because BHP and all the banks are printing money as usual, do we look to sell off 5%? And this is the crazy thing. This is how complex it gets. Within that variation, when you set the rules for your investing strategy, at what percentage variation does it trigger a rebalance? Is it 5% or 10%? We always say five for ourselves. Yeah. I just wanted to pull together two things you guys said. Mm. One, you were saying Glenn was around, you know, rebalancing or gradually changing things over time. You said, do you have the mental space um, or the mental capacity to be able to do that? And I think that's a really important thing to note as well is often when we're making changes to our investing portfolio, because so much of investing does revolve around time, you know, there's so many quotes like it's about time in the market, not timing the market or the best time to invest was yesterday, but the second best time is today. And often maybe there might be a lot of pressure to, if we need to clean up our portfolio or change into different ETFs or sell some of them, we have to do that today. Mm. And the thing is, you don't have to do it all today and get it done and have that portfolio cleared. Like as you said, Glenn, you know, set a timer, come back to it each quarter and just do it gradually and that's okay. You're not going to like blow up your entire portfolio by waiting just a little bit. If Alicia had $200,000 in this portfolio and doing sales could have some significant moving of the needle in terms of tax and losses or whatnot, yeah, we probably need to be a little bit strategic. But if Alicia had $2,000 across the 10 ETFs, I'll just go and clean it up tomorrow. That's Mm. a really good point as well. Like that's my vibe. Mm -hmm. So it's that what is significant wealth for you Mm. 
And if it is insignificant, because you've just got started and like, yeah, I really want to double down here. All right, well, that ETF's got $300 in it. Yep, see ya. Because mm-hmm. not, and if you're earning 80, 90 grand a year, it's not going to move your needle too much. Yeah. So I think the size of your portfolio does matter. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.